talking about the Holy Spirit called ever present. Everybody say ever present. So if you got your Bibles, let's turn over to John 14 and verse 16. And we're going to start there today. It says in John 14 and verse 16, this is Jesus speaking. And he says, I will pray the Father and he will give you another helper that he may abide with you forever. The spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him for he dwells with you and he will be in you. I will not leave you orphans. I will come to you. Can I get amen today in the house of God? Hey, so uh, this is going to be part two of this series, and I want to talk today about power and love. Power and love. Everybody say power, power. and love. So we're continuing talking about the Holy Spirit this morning, and I'm excited to do it. Now, there's something when you preach about the Holy Spirit or the Holy Ghost for the Pentecostals in here, uh, there needs to be some response level. I know we had a sober, tender time in a fireside chat with Brother Les. But now I'm going to have to get you to re-engage with this Pentecostal preacher. Um, we're just doing a little bit of everything today. We're doing a little exciting, a little crying, a little sober, a little rejoicing. So um, I preach better when you respond better. So uh, you get more too when you respond better. So we're talking about the Holy Spirit this morning. And this is uh, the second part of what we started last week. And a couple things as we get started is we want to talk about who the Holy Spirit is and what he does. First of all, the Holy Spirit is God. He is the same as the Father and the Son. He is the third part of the Trinity. He is God. The Holy Spirit is God. The Holy Spirit is also a person. He's not just feelings. He's not just goosebumps. He's not just tongues laying hands on people and falling out. The Holy Spirit is a real person who you can have a real relationship with. Can I get an amen to this morning? So the Holy Spirit is God, and he is a person, and you need to relate to him as a person. And he wants to be all these things to you in your life. And we see, we just read it here in John chapter 14. Let's put it up actually once again so I can see it. John chapter 14 verse 16. Notice Jesus said, I will pray the Father and he will give you another helper that he may abide with you forever. The spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him for he dwells with you and he will be in you. And we are living in those days that the Holy Spirit is not just a far way off and the Holy Spirit is not just coming on us for a temporary season or time frame. The Holy Spirit now in those of us who have received Jesus, the Holy Spirit lives on the inside of the believer. And it says he will never leave us or forsake us. It says right here, he will abide with you forever. Now that's good news this morning. That's encouraging news. Wherever you go, no matter if you're here today or you're in Hawaii next week or Alaska the next week after that, the Holy Spirit is with you because he lives on the inside of you. That's encouraging because you're never alone. You're never alone. For the rest of your life, you're never alone. You're never alone. You're never without help. You're never without hope because the Holy Spirit lives on the inside of you. The Spirit of God, God himself, lives on the inside of us, always there as an ever-present help to us. And last week we mentioned this, and I just want to mention it again because it is so good. 
that that word uh, used there, it says, I will send you another helper. It's actually a big word in the original language, and it means more than just the helper. And these are the divine names and words that are given for what the Holy Spirit does. In that passage right there where it says, I will give you another helper, it's not just helper. If he just said helper, that's good enough. Because how many know we all need help? Can I get an amen and raise your hand on that? We all need help. And those of you who didn't raise your hand need more help than the rest of us because you really messed up. You need a lot of help. And so we see that he says he's the helper. Now, what is he going to come help you do? Everything. Literally everything because without him you can do nothing. So he's come to help you do everything you're called to do, everything the Bible says you can do, everything God wants you to do. You're not alone. You're not by yourself. You can't do it. If you could do it, Jesus would not have to go to the cross. He would not have to save you. He would not have to send you a helper if you could do it by yourself. So he sent the Holy Spirit to empower you and enable you to do everything God has called you and anointed you to do, to give you the desire and power to do his will. And you can't do it without him. So think of this tomorrow when you're going to work or you're going to school or whatever you're doing, whatever you're doing during the day, you have a helper to help you do it. And you could say, well, it's not spiritual stuff I'm doing. He doesn't care. It didn't say he only helps you with spiritual stuff. To him, all of your life is spiritual stuff. All of your life is important to him. So if you need help at work and you can't figure something out, guess what? You say, Holy Spirit, can you help a brother out? And he comes to help you. When you can't figure out a problem, oh, you need to pray in tongues with this. You need to say, Holy Spirit, I can't figure this out in my own mind. I need your mind. I need you to come help me. When you don't know what to do, when you don't know, I'm preaching better than you're responding. When you don't know what to pray, when you don't know where to go, when you don't know what to think, the helper comes to help you. That's what he wants to do. So can I encourage you this morning, church family? Let him help. Don't be stubborn. Don't be prideful. That's pride when we act like we don't need help. Yes, you do. All of us need help. And he sent the helper to help us. Another word that was used in this, and if you look in the Amplified Bible, it it mentions these words. That word helper there where it says, I will send you another helper. That word also in the original language, it has many meanings. Helper, comforter. He's got to be your counselor, your advocate. Your strengthener, your standby, your intercessor, and your encourager. That's all out of that one word. And all of those words describe to you and I what the Holy Spirit wants to be to us if we let him do that. My challenge is receive his help. Receive his comfort. Receive his counsel. Receive his strength today. Receive his encouragement today. Because the Holy Spirit wants to come be those things to you in your life. I love it. It says in the Amplified or in the Message Translation, I'm sorry. In the Message Translation, it says when the friend comes because he is the friend that sticks closer than a brother. He is the friend that wants to be your best friend that knows all the things about you that wants to help you and encourage you when you don't have anybody else to talk to, you can talk to him when the friend comes. 
But today we want to switch gears and we want to talk about power in love. Power in love. So the Holy Spirit for the life of the believer, he wants to be all these things to us. But the Holy Spirit, I would say if we could just make um, two different statements about this. He wants to do and give you these two things. When the Holy Spirit comes on you, he's going to bring these two main things. I know there's more than this, but we could put them in two different categories. He wants to bring these two things into your life. And if we say we're a spirit-filled church and spirit-filled people, and we have the Holy Spirit living on the inside of us, these two things should be the main things that people see in our life. And they're things that we can't have on our own. The Holy Spirit, when he comes into our life, he brings these two things into our life to help us walk out our lives as believers in Jesus. He brings these two things to empower us and enable us to live this life for him, to make an impact in the world. And we need these two things. And the two things I want to talk about today is power and love. Everybody say power Power. and love. These are the two characteristics that he brings or gifts he brings into the life of a believer is power and love. So I want to explain to you a little something before we go into what power means. Now, Christians, I I know Christians. I've been saved a long time, all 31 years. And I've been around Christians a long time, went to Christian school. So I knew people that went to 70 different churches in this community. And uh, how many know there's all different flavors of church? There's dry bones church. There's high church, there's low church, there's Pentecostal church, there's makeup church, there's no makeup church, uh, there's hymn church, there's black gospel church, which is, that's my church, um, there's elevation worship church, there's skinny jeans church, there's suits and ties church, there's all different types of churches for every different flow, there's all different types of people, so there's all different types of churches. So this is what happens. I would see that different parts of the church or the body of Christ emphasize one of these areas more than the other. So you got us, us. You got the Pentecostals and the Charismatics and the Word of Faith and the Spirit-filled people. We, we over here, we a little bit more lively than the other people. And, and we say we're Spirit-filled. And, you know, we kind of have a little swag about us when we say it. We, we're Spirit-filled people. We got the Holy Ghost. What about you? And so we're over here, and we're the spirit-filled people, and we emphasize the power. Shondai, Shondai, tie my bow tie. Don't we? Spirit-filled people, we emphasize the power. We about the power in here. Power to get people healed. Power to get people delivered. Power. Holy Ghost. Power. That's who we are. But you only got one part of the story. Spirit-filled people, Pentecostal people. We emphasize this part. We got the power, which is good. We need the power. Because we can't do nothing without God's power. We need the power. We believe in that. And then you got the other people over here. Let's just say we, the Baptists over here, the Methodists over here, the Christian church people over here. Nothing wrong with them. But they don't want to talk about the power. Makes them uncomfortable. Makes them a little uneasy. They've seen too many weird people do stuff. So their emphasis is love. Love one another. God bless you. I sound like Joel Osteen, don't I? 
It's all about love. Just love people. But they don't got no power. But it's all about love. I love you, brother. God bless. Love. Love. So this is important too. But the Holy Spirit doesn't want us to camp on one thing or the other. He came to give us power and love. And to be an effective Christian and believer in Jesus and really walk out this Christian life, we don't just need power. We need power and love. And we don't just need love. We need love and power. So let's not camp in one or the other because this is what I see. I see Pentecostal charismatic all about the power, but they're mean. And they're grumpy. And they're arrogant. And they think they're better than everybody else, but they got the power. And then you got people over here that are all about the love. Oh, love, God bless you. But they walk a powerless Christian life. So they're not seeing people healed. They're not seeing miracles. They're not seeing deliverance. And they're struggling through their Christian life because they're just, oh, I'm all about love. But if you don't have God's power to love somebody, oh, your love's going to run out quick. You can only be nice so long. You can only listen to so much Christian radio and still be a Christian. Same group of people, they're all, I'm making Christian bookstore people, Christian radio people, they're all in the same boat over here. They got the Christian bumper sticker too and the Christian t-shirt. That's that group of people. Am I offending you guys? Okay. So power and love, not just love, but not just power. He wants us to walk in power and love. You know who walked like that on the earth? Jesus. It's not one or the other. It wasn't like, because they try to make Jesus into, oh, he was just just loving and nice, and that's all he did. No. That's not all he did. He was loving and nice, but he also cast the devil out of people. But he also saw miracles. He also opened blind eyes. He also saw people healed. He also turned over tables in the temple. So love that. So, I'm just encouraging you as your pastor here, we need to be balanced believers, not in one ditch or the other. How about we just walk like Jesus walked, which was power and love. Everybody say it, power and love. Actually, let's just do this. Let's just, uh, just for fun. This side say power, this side say love. So, when I point at you, you ready? Okay, I just wanted to try that. I've never tried that before, and I just felt like it would, it would help us. Don't you feel better after doing that? So power and love. Let me give you a scripture before you think I'm a heretic here. All right. So we're going to open our Bibles. We're going to talk about power first, then we're going to talk about love, because God wants to give us, through the Holy Spirit, power and love. And we want to walk like Jesus walked in the earth. That's what we're called to do. That's why we're called Christians. Which means we're miniature Christ walking the planet. Miniature anointed ones living like Jesus did, Christ followers. And we want to walk like Jesus walked, which he walked in power and love. And God 
wants to give you this through the Holy Spirit. I love one person said the Holy Spirit is God's empowering presence. God's empowering presence is who the Holy Spirit is. So let's read a verse. Acts 1.8. Now this is a Pentecostal scripture. It says, but you shall... Yeah, you got you to gotta get the old translation when you say it. But you shall receive, what, what's it say? Power. Now say it like you got some power. power. You, you shall receive power when, notice, the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. But notice, Acts 1, verse 8, this is right before the early church got started. It says, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. You shall receive power. Everybody say power. Power. This word power in the original language means dunamis, which is the word we get dynamite. So this ain't no little baby power. This is the real stuff, dynamite power. So this word in the original, this word for power, it means ability, might, and explosive power. This is what the Holy Spirit came to bring, and it says, when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you shall receive power. And that power is not little, it's not tiny, It is mighty, explosive ability and power from God. It is God's divine power, not human power, God's power, dunamis. And it says in your Bible that when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, he will bring this dunamis ability, mighty, explosive power into your life, and you shall receive power. Yeah, one Pentecostal here. Woo! Now, you're supposed to shout on scriptures like that. There's a couple verses like that one in Acts 2 and verse 2. When it says they all spoke in tongues, that's when Pentecostals say, ah! Shout like that. But you shall receive power. God wants to give you divine power, and he does that through the Holy Spirit. When the Holy Spirit comes upon you and comes to live in you, you have God's ability, might, and explosive power right here. Right here. And I'm going to tell you in a second why you need that power and what it does. But we're going to go back so we can go forward. We're going back to the future. So we're going to talk a second about Jesus and his walk on this earth Because he needed the Holy Spirit and power to do what he was called to do. So before we go any further, I want to say this about Jesus. Jesus is God. Can we all agree on that? But when he came to earth, it says he walked as a human being. And he put away his divine privileges as God and walked as a man. But there's something that happens. He didn't do any miracles, any healings. He, was, he wasn't anointed until the Holy Spirit came upon him and filled him for ministry and service. Because he was walking as a man, not as God. So if Jesus needed the Holy Spirit, how much more, I just had to wake you up for a second there. How much more do you and I need the Holy Spirit? If Jesus, who is God, 
even though he put away his divine privileges, walking as a perfect man, needed the Holy Spirit to come fill him and to be upon him and to give him power to do his will and power to heal people and deliver people and to accomplish the mission of God. How much more us? So when Christians act like, I don't need all that Holy Ghost stuff, that's pride. Oh, you don't need it, but Jesus needed it. That makes sense. Sure, that makes sense. No, Jesus needed the Holy Spirit and power. I'm going to show you where it started. So let's turn over to Luke 3 and verse 21. It says, when all the people were baptized, it came to pass that Jesus also was baptized. And while he prayed, the heavens was opened and the Holy Spirit, notice that, the Holy Spirit, Now, this is when Jesus was 30 years old. He was about to start his ministry, but he had no power to do anything yet. And the Holy Spirit, notice that, descended on in bodily form like a dove upon him. And a voice came from heaven which said, you are my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. You are my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. So this passage right here is when the Holy Spirit came upon Jesus so Jesus could do the ministry that God called him to do. But before this, Jesus wasn't doing ministry. He was just living his life, walking as a man on this earth. But at 30 years old, for Jesus to complete the ministry that he had for him, he had to receive power. And that power comes through the Holy Spirit. And it says when Jesus was baptized here, the Holy Spirit came upon him and filled him. Now let's continue a little bit further. Luke 4, very next chapter, in verse 1. It says, Then Jesus, being filled with the Holy Spirit, returned from Jordan and was led by the Spirit until the wilderness. And we're going to stop right there. So we see that Jesus was filled with the Holy Spirit and received power when he was baptized. But the very next chapter, he's starting his ministry. And at the beginning of his ministry, he's going to be tempted by the devil for 40 days. But it says here, then Jesus, being filled with the Holy Spirit, so he had some power, returned from Jordan and was led by the Spirit, Till the wilderness. So if you know anything about this story, he went into the wilderness for 40 days and 40 nights, and the devil came and tempted him. And the devil came and tempted him with three different temptations. But Jesus was able to overcome every single one of those temptations. He was able to uh, completely last those 40 days, even though he didn't have any food, he didn't have any water. He was able to overcome. Why? Because he had power. From the Holy Spirit. And notice he went into the temptation filled with the Holy Spirit. Now that's why you fall into temptation because you're not filled with the Holy Spirit. You're full of it, but something else. (laughs) Then Jesus, being filled with the Holy Spirit, returned from Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. So Jesus was tempted three times. He overcame it. But notice the next verse, this is verse 14 in the same chapter. 
after the temptation. Then Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit to Galilee, and news of him went out through all the surrounding region. Are you thinking with me this morning? So Jesus needed the Holy Spirit to do his life and ministry because he needed the power of God to do it. Power to overcome temptation, power to live this life, power to have miracles, power to have healing, power to do everything he was called to do. And notice Jesus went into the temptation filled with the Holy Spirit. So he had power. And think about this. He was in the wilderness 40 days, 40 nights, no food, no water, and the devil hounding him for 40 days. And it says that after those 40 days, Jesus returned in the power of the Holy Spirit. Now think about this. If you experienced that, how would you come out of the wilderness? Oh. <laughs> help, help me. I haven't eaten. Man, you get grumpy by lunchtime if you haven't had bread and water. Come on now, somebody. 40 days, 40 nights, the devil on your back. How did he do that? And he didn't come out hobbling. And he didn't come out weak and weary. And, Lord, I've been in the battle for 40 days. I'm going to put it on Facebook for everybody to see. No, he didn't. He came out and said, in the power of the Holy Spirit. How did he go in and do it? The Holy Spirit. How did he make it through? The Holy Spirit. How did he come out in the power of the Holy Spirit? He didn't do it by himself. He needed the Holy Spirit. And he didn't come out of the wilderness dragon. He came out of the, whole, the wilderness with power. With power. But where did he get it? The Holy Spirit. Are you hearing me this morning? That's why we need the Holy Spirit so bad. Do you know that you can go through tests and trials and temptations and not come out of it looking like it? Smelling like it, talking like it, being a victim, all that junk that the enemy wants to keep you in. You don't have to. Why? Because the Holy Spirit can give you power. And if you're filled up with him, you're not going to be full of something else. And you can come out of those 40 days of trials and temptation walking out like this. With the power of the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit comes to give you Power, dynamite, ability, might, and explosive power. And that power right now, hear me, church family, is living on the inside of you by the Holy Spirit, that same divine power. And if Jesus needed it, you need it. So we see that Jesus showed us that we need the Holy Spirit's power to overcome temptation. We need the Holy Spirit's power to perform miracles. We need the Holy Spirit's power to see healings and deliverances take place. We need the Holy Spirit's power to help us accomplish the will of God in our life. And we can't do it by ourselves. Mighty, explosive power. It's in you. 
It's in you. You have to believe that. I know sometimes it doesn't feel like that, but it's in you. The Holy Spirit is in you with power. God's explosive, mighty power. I love this example of Jesus, though, because we all look at Jesus and we're like, wow, that's awesome. You did miracles and healings and you saw blind eyes open and you went to the cross and you rose again and we see you overcame temptation and you lived a perfect life. But he did that all through the power of the Holy Spirit as a man. So here's the good news. Jesus walked like that with the Holy Spirit, not to show you what he could do, but to show you what you could do. He didn't do it for himself. He lived like that and walked like that to show you it's possible. That you don't have to succumb to temptation. That you can see miracles. That you can see healings. That you can see deliverance. That you have power to live this life. Not to just so you look at Jesus and like, oh, you're so awesome. And what you did, he was walking as a man anointed by the Holy Spirit. Now, I'm not downgrading Jesus because he is God. But he did that for us. Not so we could just see what he did, but to show us what all of us in here, male and female, can do when you're empowered by the Holy Spirit. He's saying, guys, this is what you could do. And he says, I'm going to give you the same spirit. Not less than the same Holy Spirit that I have. And when I give you this Holy Spirit, you will be endued with power. The same power I have, the same spirit I have, that's what I'm going to give to believers. That's what we are. And we have that same spirit on the inside of us, the Holy Spirit, and he comes to give us power to do his will power to do it we see everything that Jesus did that's why Jesus could say greater works than these will you do because I'm giving you the same Holy Spirit that I have not less than the same one I know some people your mind can't even comprehend that because you're thinking about your life and Jesus life but it's true the same Holy Spirit that worked those mighty miracles in power that was in Jesus. It's the same spirit that's in us. The same healer, the same deliverer, the same one who comes to give us power to do his will. The Bible says the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead, come on now somebody, dwells in us. Same spirit. You literally have the same spirit that rose Jesus from the dead on the inside of you. That's what the Bible says. I know sometimes it doesn't feel like it, but it's true. The same spirit. Now, what was that? 
power. Come on, that's some power. Rose Jesus from the dead. Took him out of hell. Rose his body and his soul and his spirit. That's some power. And that same spirit lives in us. Come on, are you encouraged today? So the Holy Spirit comes to give us this kind of power. This kind of power. Dynamite power. Explosive power. His might, his ability. So the Holy Spirit wants to come give you his power. And if you already have the Holy Spirit living on the inside of you, you need to tap into that power. It's there. A lot of times in believers' life, it's just laying dormant because they don't have faith in it. They're not receiving it. They have no relationship with the Holy Spirit. And all along, the answer and the power is right here. Are you guys getting tired of me yelling? You look like you are. I can't help but be excited. When you have this kind of power living on the inside of you, it will change your every moment, your every day, your every week. And the Holy Spirit, when he comes on you and lives in you, he came to give you this divine power. And we have it. Power to live this new life. Power to overcome. Power to have victory. Power to have miracles. Power to deliver. Power to have healings. Power to have a sound mind. Power to walk in peace. Power to walk in joy. We are not victims. Christians are not victims. So we should stop walking around like that when we have power on the inside of us. Come on now, somebody. All those things I just listed are right here. That power, if we only tapped into it. So the Holy Spirit comes to give us power, but he also comes to give us love, and I want to talk about that for a moment. He comes to give us love, Romans 5 and verse 5. It says, now hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given to us. Let's leave that verse up there. Because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given to us. Now, when it talks about the love of God, the love of God is different than human love. In the same way, there's a difference between human power and God's power. There's a difference between human love and God's love. And the word used for love here is the word agape, which is the God kind of love. In the same way, the word for power is dunamis, which is the God kind of power. So it says the Holy Spirit, when he comes in you and on you, he pours the love of God into your heart and into your life. And the Bible says, and it's funny, Brother Les, you quoted it this morning. I have it right here. John 13, 35 
They said they will know we are his disciples for our love. Is that what most Christians look like? Nope. Didn't say they will know we are Christians by our arguments, in our disagreements, in our judgment, in our Facebook rants. They will know we are Christians by our love. Not just any love, the God kind of love. So it says, the Holy Spirit, when he comes upon you, he fills you with his love. Not human love, God's love, divine love. And how many of you know your love can only last so long and then you're ticked? And then you're irritated. Oh, nobody wants to nod their head? Oh, yeah, you are. Your pastor is too. You're ticked. You're irritated. You're frustrated. You're grumpy. You've had it with people. That's when you're tapped into your human love. But God's love is everlasting, is eternal, is unconditional. And that's the kind of love that the Holy Spirit pours into our heart when we get him. One of my favorite stories is when dad told uh, when he was going to seminary and he was about to go to be spirit-filled. And he went to this spirit-filled pastor's office with three other seminary students who are very argumentative, like most seminary students are, which is hilarious. They're 21 years old and they think they know more just because they studied a few books. All right. So, so dad's with these three other seminary students, and they're going to see this pastor um, who was spirit-filled. And so they're going to go talk to him, and they already have been learning a little bit about the Holy Spirit, and they're kind of debating it, whether you need to be spirit-filled or not. So they go into the office. There's four of them here, and I love this story because it makes perfect sense with what we're talking about, about the Holy Spirit pouring your love into your heart. And so these guys start going at this older pastor who's spirit-filled, who believes in miracles and healings, and he believes in speaking in tongues. He believes in the Holy Spirit. And they're just saying, I'll tell you this, I don't need the Holy Spirit. I got all the Holy Spirit when I got saved. The whole time the pastor who's spirit-filled is cool and calm and collected because he's walking in love, God's love. And he, he looked back at the younger student and says, if you did, where is he? And that's what I want to say to all of us in here. We can shout about, oh, I'm filled with the Holy Ghost. I'm a tongue talker. And you don't walk in love? If you got him, where is he? Come on now, somebody. If you pray in tongues all day long, there should be some fruit of it. You should be nicer than everybody else if you're praying in tongues that long. Come on, we're giving you the balance of it here. If we believe in miracles, if, you're, if we're going to take laps around the building, if we're going to dance, if we're going to fall out, if we're going to believe in the Holy Spirit, pray for people, if we're going to talk in tongues and live like the New Testament believers, if you say you got him, where is he? And can I be honest? A lot of times there's a disconnect between how we act on Sunday and how we act 
on Monday through Saturday. Now, I'm just talking about Pentecostals, Charismatics here. If you had this experience, and I got the Holy Ghost, where is he? Where is he? (laughs) If you're the grumpiest person at work, where is he? If you're easily angered, where is he? Where is he? Too close to home, guys? (laughs) I didn't want to hear that, Pastor. Don't appreciate that. Where is he? I'm not saying it's either or. It's not. It's both and. Let's have some power, but let's walk in some love. Let's walk in God's power, but let's walk in God's love. Let's not be either or. Let's be both and. And walk like Jesus walked. And so it's true. The Holy Spirit, if you've received him, which a lot of you in here have, it says the love of God has been poured out in your heart. But sometimes it's hard to see that. He's there somewhere, in there, poured out. But sometimes it's hard to see. Can I tell you another story? Many of you have heard this story before. It's about El Nepal. <laughs> One time, many years ago, we were filming a video about summer camp. It's called Jonathan Creek. You can look it up on YouTube. So it was me, the Stumblers, Bruce, a few other people. It was a very hot summer day. We were in a very sketchy part of New Albany filming this video. So anyways, we had a long day. We were all tired, hungry, thirsty. So we went to El Nepal, the one down Grantland Road. Now I pray they're different today. So don't judge them based off of this. So we get in there, and we order the food. And for some strange reason that day, they were stingy with the agua, with the water. But we needed a drink. And so we ordered our food. We were just demolishing chips and salsa. Anybody ever been there before? Don't act like you have self-control. You don't. You demolish chips and queso and chips and salsa. So we were doing that. We ordered our food. We asked for waters. Never came, never came, never came, never came. And eventually, we got our food. We're eating it. Eventually, the waters came, and we were pretty much dumping the water on ourselves to try to drink it because we were so thirsty. But they were so stingy with the water. They were so stingy with what they poured out. That's not the Holy Spirit. Because how many know, even though the Holy Spirit fills us up, when you go to work, there's a little hole in your cup. There's a few people that get on your nerves and your water goes. So unless you're spending time with the Holy Spirit, your cup's going to get empty again. But I'm glad the Holy Spirit is not like El Nepal and stingy with what they pour out. The Holy Spirit is like a fine restaurant, like a Ruth Chris, like a Morton's, like a Stony River, like a place like that. And you know what they do? You can take one sip of the drink and they bring you a new one. They don't even let you get 
75% empty. They fill it up before it's barely even been drunk. And I'm saying, I'm still working on this Coke right here. You just took it away. And I got a new one already. That's the way the Holy Spirit is. He's not stingy with what he pours out. He's not stingy with the love of God. And if you will rely on him, listen, if you will have a relationship with him, I didn't say a feeling, I said a relationship with him. If you start feeling low with the love of God in your life, because we all get there, he will come back in and give you a refilling of the love of God. He will pour back in the love of God when our love tank is getting a little low. And that's what the Holy Spirit comes and do. He pours the love of God in our heart. But he did it when we first received him, but he wants to keep doing it. Can anybody agree we need refills? Oh, desperately. Maybe sometimes hourly we need refills. Oh, there's a lot of mess at work today. I need weekly, daily, sometimes minute-to-minute refills of the Holy Spirit. And he can do it. But you know what happens? A lot of times we go into those situations and we're not even thinking about the Holy Spirit. And then what, what happens? We get into human love and we lose it. And we go off with somebody. And we're not kind and we're not loving and we're not sweet because we totally forgot, hey, the Holy Spirit's right here. He wants to pour in the love of God in our heart. You guys hear me this morning? So he pours the love of God into our heart. Not like Elma Paul, I'm not hating, but like Ruth Chris. He don't want you to get empty. And we need refillings of his love. Galatians 5 and verse 22, notice this. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, Long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such there is no law. You know what this says to me? But the fruit of the Spirit is, if you say you got him, this is what your life should look like. Notice it doesn't list here tongues, running, dancing. Now, you need that too, but that's not the fruit. Those are just experiences you have with God, and you need those. But it says, if you got him, what do we say? Where is he? Where is he? I can't see him. In a lot of believers' life, where is he? But the fruit of the Spirit is love, is joy, is peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such there is no law. But notice the first one is love. Should be the number one thing people see about your life. If you say you have the Holy Spirit, if you say you're spirit-filled, it should be love. But that's the fruit of the Holy Spirit's work in your life. The fruit. Are you getting something this morning? So he wants to come give you power, but he wants to come give you love. For believers, we should walk in power and love in the same way Jesus walked 
this life with power and love. The Holy Spirit wants to bring that. God's divine power, God's divine love should be evident in our life for all to see. Not to bring attention to us, but to bring attention to God. Not so people can say, you're so loving, you're so powerful, you're so awesome. No, to point them back to the Holy Spirit and saying, I can't do it without Him. If you see anything good in my life, if I'm a loving person, if I walk in power, if someone gets healed, that's not me. That's just the Spirit of God working through me, giving me power and love. So we should always ask the question, if we have him, where is he? Not either or, both and. Should go together. The reason I'm preaching so strongly about this is not just in this church, but in a lot of churches that are like us, there's a disconnect. That's why I'm trying to teach the balance here because I don't want us to be lopsided here. I don't want us to overemphasize one area and not really walk like Jesus walked, which was with power and love. How do we effectively reach people for Jesus, power, and love? They don't want to just see one. They want to see both. How do we witness to people that don't know him? Power and love. How do we reach the world? Power and love. How do we change a city and a community and a a region? Power and love. It's not either or. It's both and. People want to know that God can do something, which he can. Power. But they also want to see the love of God and that you care about him too. It goes together. This scripture just came to me, but think about this. How many times in the New Testament did it say about Jesus when he went to heal somebody, he was moved with compassion? And then he performed the power. Should be the same with us. When we see hurting people, we shouldn't look down on them. What should we be moved with? Compassion. What's compassion? Love. Be moved with compassion. And then... Don't just be moved with compassion. Compassion doesn't just say, oh, I feel sorry for you. Compassion and love actually does something about it. And it does something about it with the power of God. Power and love. To walk like Jesus walked on this earth. Last verse here, 2 Timothy 1.7. A lot of you know it. Notice this. It says, for God has not given us a spirit of fear. Notice that. God has not given us a spirit of fear. But what's implied in this verse? He gave us another spirit. And notice what that spirit brings. Power and love and a sound mind. (laughs) So when, when God gives us a spirit, it's not the spirit of fear. He gives us another spirit, which is the Holy Spirit. And when he comes, he gives us power God's power. He gives us love, God's love, and he gives us a sound mind. Come on, are you hearing me this morning? Let's look at at it in the Passion Translation real quickly. It says, for God will never give you the spirit of fear, but the Holy Spirit who gives you mighty power, love, 
and self-control. Would you guys get something this morning?